1: Hello and welcome to the Shakti Hour podcast on Ramdas's Be Here Now Network. I'm your host, Melanie Moser, and today we're continuing our Shakti Sacred Music series, Conversations with Musicians About Sacred Music and the Feminine Voice. My guests today, Deva Pramal and Miten, are leaders in the field of sacred music. They sing and chant and lead live events around the globe for millions to come into the vibration of mantra and chanting together and sangha across the globe. So such a treat to get to spend an hour with the two of them over the internet talking about this subject in particular and reflecting on Deva's latest record and we've included some clips of that throughout and Deva and Miten also do a bit of singing and a blessing for us towards the end of this podcast, which I hope that you will enjoy very much. I feel so fortunate to to know them as much as I do and to get to share this this talk with you and their reflections. Please uh, do go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com to find links to all of their music and and upcoming events. You can also follow along at ShaktiSacredMusic.com and on Twitter at Shakti Hour. And please do remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening and have a lovely and beautiful holiday. I'm just so happy to connect with you and to celebrate with you both, Deva, your latest record, and Midten, your full recovery from this past year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> recovery from life, it's actually, it's been, it's been a 70-year project.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, that's a pretty good model you got if it ran 70 years without a need for a severe tune-up. So I think that's yeah. that's pretty good. So I really wanted to connect with you because uh, I loved uh, our talk, Deva, uh, from right about this time, two years ago. And I got uh, more involved in, and deeper into your journey and your music over, over the couple years. And then this last fall, I just started a special series on sacred music and the feminine voice. And I've been talking to different musicians and artists about different musics from around the globe, and we've been kind of talking about what makes that sacred, and having a a really interesting conversation about what is sacred and what is sacred music. And I thought of you two, obviously, because so much of what you do is clearly held in the sacred realm. But then I know, Mid-ten, uh there's a lot of pop and folk music in your life, mm-hmm. too. So I'd love to just hear, off the cuff, your reflections on what is sacred music, or is all music sacred?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Huh? I think all music is sacred, yeah. But I think it's misdirected, and I think, you know, there's a lot of music that still can be sacred because it's uh, it's reflecting the musicians who are playing it. So whether it's punk or whether it's heavy metal or whether it's just pop music or whatever, it uh, says something about the people who are conveying that kind of music and that's just as much God as everything else. So we can say that all music is spiritual. For us, our music is not about excitement it's not about exciting the senses so uh, even my songs are that too so i don't see my songs as folk music or pop music or anything i see them as sacred as, as the mantras for me it's uh it's all the same it's just a way of bringing a, a sense of silence to the gathering so that we can be in a state of relaxation awareness and not be thinking about uh, our lives back there in the other world where we have to go, well, we've got the stress and everything else, you know, and really that's, that's, that's what, for me, that's what's sacred. And I, I can just say something too about Deva's voice and the and the femininity and the power of femininity um, because she can't speak actually for herself <laughs> in that way because of course she's, she's just sending out who she is, but for us who receive who she is, we have a way of describing what happens when she sings, and it's just what I've come to see over all these years is that Deva sings from a place that's beyond emotion, there's no emotion in Deva's voice, so we, we have this blank of uh, spiritual energy coming through with the mantras, and there's no reason to emote. You, they're beyond beyond emotion. So, see if you try and emote a mantra, you end up uh, silly, you know. So, so the Deva, it's in, uh, so it's just this uh, incredible sense of feminine energy and a purity that comes through. And I've, I've I've experienced it for twenty years now, so I know what I'm
1: talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a. A pretty first hand experience to that. And I love what you said up there about you cannot emote it. Can you say a little bit more about that and how that I is sacred? Speak,
3: but... I mean, it's, you know, mantras don't have an emotional content. There is the, the heart is in there, and the heart is, and the longing of the heart and the passion of the heart for being in this divine, mystical space and the longing for connection and bliss and love of creating union through singing and chanting. That's all in there, but there is no personal kind of emotion in there. There's no kind of personal love affair or personal victimhood, which is in a lot of, you know, in a lot of songs, pop songs nowadays, you know, like there's no... For me, there is no kind of uh, yeah. There's just no personality, basically, and uh, and it's it's very it's it's very subtle, and it's uh, I I don't know I for me it's natural because that's the only way I can sing. I don't know, I you know so it's just uh, I don't really have a choice. So. I, I like that we tend to it like that because that's all I can do anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, great. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that you had some classical singing training in your early years. Uh, is there any memory of that different kind of experience of singing?
3: Yeah, but I mean, that was very superficial. It was in school and it was... Um, Music that I didn't really relate to, you know, there was classical music, uh, songs, Schubert, Schumann, or whatever. Um, it, it it didn't touch me, you know, and I learned them because I had to sing them and 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 it's still get. you in,
2: re- good. It's still, it's still in good state though?
3: Yeah, I guess it gave me some. It gave me a good ear. It gave me a good ear for melody and yeah. and harmony, but yeah. on a singing level, I never felt connected to what I was singing. I didn't really enjoy enjoy singing those songs very much you know it was it was a task it was something difficult where I have to kind of press myself into a certain form that's been given to me by my teachers or by this particular song and uh, then and then when I came to Osho as a as a young you know as a 10 11 year old I just loved singing in the communities in Osho's communities we used to just get together and sing and and dance and it was like a you know, very free meditation. There would be just, um, an hour or two where we just would sing and dance everybody in their own space, no talking in the room, no, uh, interaction like that. And then when I was 17, 18, I, I met Miten, who was actually the one creating this music for us to sing and dance and, and to, and, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I want to be part of this, you know, this is the music I love singing and, and, and that's basically why I asked Vitan would he have a listen to my voice if he thought I could contribute in some way. And first he was a little doubtful, but then a few months later he was like, Oh, maybe we can give this a chance, you know, maybe there's some potential in there, some blend that, that gets created with the tools mm. and and, mm. and the rest, you know, the science. But um yeah, so so it's about it's about feeling at home in in what we sing and what we, the music we make. When we feel at home in it, we are we are singing our song. Mm-hmm.
1: So it could be that another person's experience of that kind of training, of that kind of singing, it would be a reflection of their spiritual gift.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but on on your path, it came to you through this. Freedom of expression and a spiritual crucible. That dancing and singing together with all of those people, I can just feel and, how that clicked open into another realm for you then. It was,
2: she recognized, you know, that, that it wasn't just music and dancing, as in. Uh, you know uh, a, a club or a disco it was in a it was in the ashram in india you know where you were there the music would have a totally different uh, content it would be coming from silence the music would appear out of silence so we would be and then it would disappear back into silence and we would all be in that silent space it would help us to move deeper into ourselves and into our own interiority you know so, uh, so that's where we learn that music is is uh, precious and it's a spiritual tool and not just something to evoke sexuality or something. And it it's, uh, it's it has a a quality that can take us into the deepest part of ourselves. And that's why Dave and I play music. It's to, it's because we want to stay contacted with that deep part of ourselves because that. that is most precious in our lives you know so that's what the music and the mantras do they help us to be silent together and to be together and flow in an energetic way and not in an intellectual way
1: mm. that's so beautiful i love the idea of sacred music arising from silence you know i've talked to a bunch of different people i spoke with a a female jewish cantor a rock drummer, a jazz trumpet player. And you know, this whole idea, everyone seems to connect with the improvisational aspect of music as kind of the sacred heart of it. I guess it's kind of what I'm getting from you. It's not necessarily improvisational, like a classically a classical jazz improvisational or whatever, but this arising from silence kind of connects me to that idea of um, yeah, what, improvisation. No,
2: it's, yeah, it's what make it, it's what makes it spiritual, you know. And it, and and when you're talking about you know like Coltrane or some or, or, or some some you know that music that is purely uh, um, improvisational without even form or structure, you know. Or uh, well, no structure that actually uh, non musicians can recognize, so you know it takes it away from the mind again, and I think once you're once you're in an improvisational space like even though we like this last tour i have had experiences many times actually not just in the last tour but especially on this last tour with we have a we have with our band now, and there were moments when um I honestly felt that the music was being played, but there were no personalities on the stage. And uh, it was an amazing feeling. It was just, uh, it was so clean. And in that that place is where you can improvise. That's where you're safe because you're so into it and you're so aware of, of the footsteps that you can dance in there, you know, and that, that's what makes music... Uh, You know, spiritual, really, I think. Uh, And, you know, the other thing about uh, the mantras is that we mustn't forget that they're powerful healing sound bites that are scientifically discovered thousands of years ago. We're not, we're not the content, you know, of what we're singing is nothing to do with lyrics. It's their sounds, indigenous sounds that were discovered before the religion that adopted them. So you're going back to, to thousands of years with these mantras, and uh, they're not just uh, playthings; they're powerful entities. And once you put them out into the room, uh, you know, you're even if you're playing rock music, if that if those sounds are going out, then uh, they they're generating mm-hmm. energy.
1: Right. So on top of that, connecting through silence in the space of no mind, with other people, you have this added element of the profound vibration of ancient well, sacred yeah. syllables.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and those syllables are, are, are what is creating the energy and creating the vibrations.
3: Yeah, it's almost the other way around. The, the, the mantras are there and then we, we create the space around them to carry them into you know into our hearts into our, into the empty sky and uh, and that music is so we have to be so respectful and, and uh, sensitive to the mantras to not distract from them you know not to, to to enhance that silence or basically it's almost that the music almost disappears around them you know so it's not it, it it's not in front of the mantras you know
1: about the experience of (laughs) mantra and then commuting um, other things, communicating other things. There's this uh, piece of surrender in playing music that we're kind of touching on of the no mind and the group and then surrendering to the mantra. Uh, What is it that is coming through you? Or do you see it as coming through you? You're saying creating space around it.
2: What is it that's coming through? Um, well, we don't know. That's the point. And I think because we're not connected to our egos with the music, we're in a mysterious place. We don't know. We don't have any answers for anybody. When people come to us, they don't get a diploma. You know, it's something we're all in a (laughs) mysterious place, and that's where we find God. We don't find him in the house. We have to come out of the house into the garden, outside into the rain and the sun, and that's where the music is. So, you know, we all come into this mystery. We don't know what's coming through. We don't know what to call it. You can call it God or spiritual or whatever. We don't know. But we just know that it's there and we feel it and we feel and we have felt it and seen it in a way we've seen it in the eyes and the and the faces of the people who sing with us we've seen it in in the in our crew the people who travel with us who sometimes have no some of the the people that uh, on our crew like the stage crew they don't know about mantras and they you know, they just get so touched by, by the, and some of the musicians too, haven't had that experience. And they just feel, wow, this is a, a different world. Everybody's coming to its communion. You know, it's uh it's that saying it's, it's a, uh, it's a community. It's like a church service, but it's full of laughter and full of fun and reverence and silence and open hearts and big voices, you know? So that's what we can't label that we, we just experience it really you know and i think we spend you know you can spend if you're a philosopher you can spend all your life trying to explain it but and if you don't dance and sing you'll never really experience it so you yeah. know so that's what it's all about for us it's not that we're scholars or anything like that but we just luckily through our guru through osho who was much maligned but was an incredible person gave us this opportunity to feel sacred music and then to, to 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 be uh and for david to be to have these mantras in her blood and her bones she was they her parents were chanting these mantras to her you know when she was uh in the womb and and uh, she was born to the sound of her, of mantras and they were all through her childhood until she repaired, you know, which is a healthy thing to do. And so, you know, all these things just went into creative history. So we just like to be in it.
3: It's <laughs> a,
1: <laughs> so what's really sweet about this new record is that I really love the personality of it. <laughs> which is which is kind of almost the opposite of what we're talking about I love the version of the maha mantra on here that comes from Minoza's mm-hmm. aunt yeah can you share mm-hmm. your um, experience of learning that from him how that came to you I'm I'm really curious if you can feel her herself the aunt through that mm-hmm.
3: It, I mean it's just also interesting in general how mantras come you know like it, it took us this long to actually sing the maha mantra and to feel ready for it and often it does come um, in the form of a melody or somebody somebody says look you know what about this version or 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 we suddenly feel ready like it took us a while to, to get ready for Hanuman and suddenly we were we were chanting all these Mantras. So I trust that they find the right time to, to appear. And, and this Maha Mantra came, yeah, like you said, through um, Manoza's aunt, and she hadn't uh, left um, Kathmandu ever in her life. She's 82 now. And it was Manoza's mom, that's her sister-in-law, Manoza's mom's idea to, to bring her to America for for, for a few months, so she could they could see each other. And so Tika Maya is the, the name of Manose's aunt. So she flew for the first time ever left in her life, Kathmandu. Love. No English. Wow. She, she flew to America and, uh, she and, <laughs> and, and she got off the plane and she got off the plane and out of the airport and she looks around and she says, is this heaven? <laughs> and
2: she but she, and she, started to chant
3: and, she, and she, she started to chant and she always chants and she always has that devotion in her life and uh, when she stayed with him for six months she just sang all day long and and Manos was so taken back to his childhood where he would sing her, hear her sing and especially this particular mm-hmm. version, this particular melody of the Maha Mantra and, and then he and then during that time, he came here to record with us in Australia, where we are right now. Hmm. And wow, this is this is the melody, you know, for it. We have to record this, and it had such a sweetness, you know. I just felt it just immediately like I, w- I wanted to be in that melody, and I couldn't stop singing it. And uh, and I love that it comes from Nepal, you know. It just somehow I I'm not such a uh, scholar about the, the uh, you know, roots of mantras and the, the, the science, the Vedic aspect of them. So I was actually surprised that the, the Maha Mantra comes from Nepal, you know, I, I thought, sorry, that was just uh, something. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was just a surprise to me. And uh, so we recorded it. I don't actually know what she felt about the recording, but she did come to our concert in And she loved it
1: That's a a really beautiful way to receive that mantra and it totally comes through on the recording and I love the patience involved in receiving these different mantras and the discernment you employ to decide is it time for us to share this one or not and I think that this version is a wonderful way to take this out into the world for the first time because it does have so much joy, yep. and lightness in it, and uh, and I really, really appreciate that. You like the key changes. <laughs> I say again. You like
2: the key changes.
1: I love them. <laughs> I, I think it's just delightful. <laughs> And now that I know that it it was, um, I can kind of see it moving in the landscape of Nepal, and and it's just super beautiful.
3: Yeah. Did you ever see on Instagram we posted the, the clip of her singing it, of her chanting it? Oh no,
1: I missed see. that one. Uh, I yeah, will look through yeah, it. Yeah, you it. can
3: see her, and she's uh, she She's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> The
1: other one here on the on this new record that I know um, from the George Harrison and Ravi Shankar collaborations record is Prabhuji. How did that come to you?
3: I always loved that. Uh, we always loved that CD, Chance of India. It came out like over twenty years ago, and we listened to it a lot. And always Prabhuji stuck out for me as because it was the most melodious and sweetest on that album and I just loved that melody. And then it was actually Manoz who said, oh, you have to sing this. Um, I, it was a bit, somehow it was a bit more challenging for me with the with language because it's Hindi. I don't know, like it just, there were some sounds or, you know, which were difficult for me to make. But Manoz and our friend Manish Vyas, they, they all were, you know, on my case in the most loving way to get it as good as I could and I feel really so happy to be singing this. this is Also the meaning of it, you know, mm. like Prabhuji, um, you know, my sweet Lord, or Prabhuji is the sweetest way to address the divine divine in our lives. Is it a guru? Is it a, the divine great spirit? And, you know, it just says, come and be in my heart, just dwell in my heart. And I really don't know anything about tantra. I don't know anything about mantra. I don't know about ritual rituals or worship all the right protocols all I know is that I want to feel you in my heart and that's really me because that's exactly how I feel I really don't know anything much and I just want to be in this space of of love and connection and joy through singing and chanting so it just it totally spoke you know my heart and and then to uh, to have the honor to have Anushka Shankar playing on it we asked if she would be part of this album, and she, she said yes, and she plays on, on Prabhuji as well as on the Seven Chakra Gayatri Mantra. I was like full circle because she was part of that recording uh, of the Chants of India CD. She was, I think, assistant producer, so I don't know what the title was, but she was definitely very, very much part of it, and then to have her now be playing on it. And uh, 20 years later, with 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 yeah. with us, that's a big mm.
2: honour. Well, also, I think uh, there was a, a, a there's a YouTube clip of George Harrison singing uh, with uh, Ravi Shankar and his his wife. Mm-hmm. What's his wife's name? I don't know what his wife's name. Is. And um, and it's such a yeah, it's just so sweet just to see the three of them and George is strumming a guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, ravi has got his sitar, and his wife is singing mm-hmm. Prabhuji It's just so, so uh, it was. Yeah, again, it was it was uh, somehow a full circle for me with my background and and everything that uh, I've come through to to uh, hear Deva chanting Prabhuji
3: And your cool. love for the Beatles, yeah, yeah. I would like mm-hmm. to have that mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. everything become one.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah.
3: you <laughs>
1: like a sweet lullaby to the heart it gives me mm-hmm. that soothing it's as if i was soothing myself with that with that yeah. sweet love it's very very mm-hmm. very nice and such a nice placement in the record too i don't know if anybody <laughs> in this uh, decade considers album order <laughs> anymore mm. but i do and i found it to be mm. in Uh, Such a nice place
3: there in the the record. Uh, Miten is a running order guru. He (laughs) spends so much time on getting the right running order. So that's really beautiful. You, you felt that as well. Yeah.
1: So tell me just a little bit more about where you see this life taking you with music.
2: Oh, that's uh, that's a, a good question, you know. But it's very easy to answer. We have absolutely no idea. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Definitely have no plans. I mean, we never had plans. We never had like a, you know, like the other day somebody said, "What's your five-year plan?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe we know five-minute
2: <laughs> plan we have
3: we no we have a year plan because obviously we need to book you know concert halls and stuff so we usually know one year before where we're going to be <clears throat> and that's that's really comfortable and it's right but we have no we it's that's beautiful because we keep it open you know we keep the there's no no lid on what what can happen you know and basically i, I always say i couldn't have imagined this either you know what's happening now I would have never imagined it never ever in my life would I have thought that I'm I'm a musician or I'm a singer or I I get to be with my beloved uh traveling around the world sharing this this is beyond anything I could have ever imagined so I just I really really don't want to imagine anything because I I don't want to put any any limits on what can happen what about you?
2: so
0: <laughs>
2: you know there's uh there's you're just in the in the in the hands really now you know we just we 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 never had a record company we always said to ourselves that uh, this is our music and it's our responsibility and we do it our way so. <laughs> So, uh, you know, nobody's ever told us what to record or how to record it or what CDs covers to use or whatever. It's always been, uh, our, our life, you know? So in that way, it's, it's really life and death to us. You know, it's all we do and it's, it's all we're involved in. Really. It's just this, this flow of energy around the music and, uh, like David said, you know we have uh, a manager really who is a friend of ours who takes care of all our business so, so she she will you know we tell her where we want to go and and then she takes the and and then she uh, in, you know responds to invitations and then the uh, the tour is set and then we we uh, we just like to travel it keeps everything fresh so i I think we will we will continue to travel, even though um, last this year, it was a little bit of a challenge because I had a, this open heart surgery in March and a slipped disc in uh, July. So, but it didn't stop us uh, in any way. It didn't impact at all the uh, the traveling or the, the bliss and the joy of, of uh, sharing and being able to, to travel to so many places and meet what we call our sangha, which is a spiritual community, you know, and that, that is solid. That's just like a, a something that's very tangible. When we come to a town, we know there's going to be 1500 or 2000 people or more who are, who know exactly why they're coming to the theater. They know what, what's going to, what, what, we're going to be involved in we're going to be participating you know so that participation creates a foundation we're all contributing to the evening we're not just sitting there watching a band we're actually uh, we're creating the music with the band we create we are the choir so you know that that kind of thing creates a foundation for for us to continue to travel and continue to share so there's no reason for us to uh, to think we're going to stop doing that so as far as we can see I would say we will be doing this until I probably drop off my chair <laughs> and have my last breath in the middle of the Gaia Mancha. Mantra that's my plan anyway
1: well, well that sounds wonderful I mean not you falling off your chair per se <laughs>
2: <laughs> well too no, oh, hey Hey, listen, if I die in the middle of the Gayatri Mancha, you can be very happy for me. I think that would be the best way to go, with everybody <laughs> chanting the Gayatri, you know. Mm. So I'm holding out for that one.
1: Hmm. Well, then, so, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of chaos and tumult in the world over the last year or so, and I'm wondering how or if that affects the Sangha around the world or how you see that influencing people's response. Oh,
2: it deepens. It deepens. We have, the world is becoming smaller and smaller. So we're getting more and more, uh, you know, neurosis. And and, uh, the only place we're going to be free of that neurosis is in our own being, you know? So people are very, very, um, the people who come to sing with us, we're very, very aware of what we're doing and why we're doing it.
1: Right. So so it's magnetizing you think that truth out of people more in contrast to the chaos or
3: Uh, i guess the need is more apparent now you know that it's more and more apparent that we are not going to find it on the outside and you know we always think we can make this world perfect you know we can just chisel away here and there and make it more and more perfect but it's obviously not the case, so there is only a turning within that will where we'll find that that union and the the peace so and we've tried you know like everybody's more or less tried everything else now, so it's we we are there's definitely a more opening there's a it's it's beyond the 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 usual suspects you know like it's everybody is now open to this. It's, you can't anymore um, put people in boxes. Oh yeah, that's a yoga person or a spiritual person. I think it's everybody now is, is has seen that there is more to life, you know, the bigger picture. So that's really very, very encouraging when we look in our audiences or the people who come to our retreats and events. That it's, such, it's, it's such a huge uh, variety of people from all walks of life, of course, also countries, you know, we, we always travel around the whole world every year, playing everywhere. <laughs> and then there, that there is a thousand people in Siberia as well as in Argentina, as well as in, I don't hmm. know, anywhere, anywhere really, you know, it's just uh, it just shows that th- th- these pockets are becoming more and more, uh, more hmm. bigger. Right. That's a great reflection, and,
1: and also that turning inward, but with others. I think that that's… Uh, that's communion. Right,
3: right. Communion. I mean, that's the other thing, yes, that we, the, the connection, that we all long for connection, and when it's beyond words and singing, then that's that's so precious, and these spaces don't get created that much anymore. so. Luckily we have um, we have the mantras, we have people who create circles where they meet regularly you mm-hmm. know to to sing and chant together. All this is getting more and more too, which is really very that's really the nourishment that we need nowadays. <laughs> So,
1: so since we're this is the Shakti hour and we've been talking about uh sacred music and the feminine voice and the divine feminine you have the mantra sarva mangala on your new record can you talk about both of you your relationship to that mantra
3: or whatever that represents to you yes it's for me that's such an interesting question because somehow i i'm i never think about um I mean apart from with with this mantra but usually I don't think about men women sacred feminine sacred masculine I don't have that I I never I don't notice when I'm around all men and I'm the only woman or which happens when we do the touring sometimes you know I, I don't seem to really tune into that so much the the or I, I need feminine energy, or around me, or I need more masculine energy, or whatever. You know, like it's just it. It just I don't really. It's not so much part of my. I, I don't know field. I don't think about it. So. I, I. But I did notice over the years of singing and chanting mantras that we are uh, that many more of our mantras are, for you know, kind of masculine, uh, deities. There's not that much. We, did, we sing for Tara, we sing for Saraswati, um, Lakshmi, but there's so many m- kind of masculine deities. So Sarva Mangala is beautiful because it's it is for Durga, but I like to just see it as there's this kind of feminine um, space of of uh, of grace and of um, myst- mystic. Mystical, feminine, and I feel that's also really reflected in the music and in the melody. This—it's a little bit, it's almost a little bit uh, dark because it's it's mysterious, and it's um, and it's rhythmical. It's uh, yeah, it's it's sensual, and and I feel that really expresses for me the the feeling of of femininity.
2: Becomes a celebration, you know. We kind of put a, mm. a, a kind of a groove underneath that. And it was it was a celebration of the rise of the feminine, and, and uh, you know, you can see it now. It's coming all over the world, and the women are rising up, and and the men are having to review the way you look at him, the way we uh, interact with them. So, um, it's a whole new uh, paradigm, you know, uh, and it's hmm. a beautiful thing. Women are rising and feminine energy is returning to the planet and to the world because men have just messed it up for so long. Hmm. And uh, There feels uh, a new way for, and it's helping me as a man, a new way to, to uh, you know, to... Um, uh, to review my whole outlook you know and it's it it mm-hmm. happened for me when i was in the ashram with osho because uh, that was a huge learning curve for all all of us uh devotion uh, devotees there because we were learning all about how to respect the feminine and how to respect the masculine you know in each of us and in each of us individually you know so that whole movement that's happening now—it's just for me—it's a celebration. And uh, so, when it comes to the chorus, when i sing singing the chant, in the middle of the piece, it feels like a—it feels like a call into, to not to arms, but there's a strong energy of the, this sacred feminine. Ch- shining true, you know and burning away all the, all this uh, terrible stuff that, uh, that male energy has created for so long
1: hmm.
2: and um so it's a very intense part for me this part uh yeah, that part it feels like uh, uh, the the strength, the the, the power—not really the power of the the feminine energy—is uh, hmm. is reflected in that part of the of the mantra for me.
1: Thank you. So I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I would love to ask each of you to give a recommendation of some other sacred music made by women from whatever tradition. If you have a favorite artist or song or something of that vein that comes to mind. (laughs)
3: <laughs> one of our one of my all-time favorite um, devotional singing sh- CDs she also sings non-devotional songs I think but she this one is it's she's called Bombay Jayashree she's an a India, South Indian singer and the the, the album is called sh- Sharavanam Sharavanam and it's just totally beautiful and uh, has the the power and the Sweetness and the uh, freedom and the uh, chanting and the uh, sacred feminine definitely embodied in that music.
2: Mm-hmm. and me, I would say uh, Olafur Arnolds, He's a man, but his music is uh, is very uh, beautifully uh, expressed, and uh, it it enhances such a beautiful feeling of of uh, feminine energy, and joy and also. The, uh, the balance between the two energies. But uh, the, the album is called Remember, and he's a, he's a musician from Iceland, Olafur Arnolds, his name is, in the, in the album Remembrance is just so amazing, so beautiful.
1: Hmm. Fantastic. Beautiful recommendations. Well, this has just been such a delight, and even though we aren't seeing each other and there's been some cosmic Mm -hmm. interference. I have just felt such a deep connection. (laughs) I've just felt such a deep connection with the two of you over the internet here, and it's really been healing from my own heart and great to be with you and experience the depth of your love and relationship to sacred music and the sacred syllables and I'm so appreciative of your time and and all of the work that you do.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Thank Amanda. you. Melanie. Shall we end with a little mantra?
1: I would love that.
2: The universal peace mantra. I'm sure. Sure.
3: <coughs> <not> <clears throat> Mitra Shanna Mitra Shambharana Shanna Bhavadvaryamam Shanna Indro Braspati Shanna Vishnu Rukrama Namo Brahmini
2: Namaste Vayu Chvameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi Chvameva Pratyaksham Brahma Vadesyami Gritam Vadesyami Satyam Vadesyami, Satyam vadesyami Tama avatu tatvaktaram
1: avatu avatumam avatuvaktaram
2: Shanti 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 Shanti
1: Shanti Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so so much. One thousand vows <laughs> to you both. Many blessings you going love. Forward nice to, and to you. Thank you, Beloved. Nice to talk
2: to you. I hope we see meet you again soon sometime.
1: Mm-hmm. I look forward to that very much. Have a wonderful holiday and uh, and time away. Okay. All so. love to you, Melanie. See you
3: down the road.
2: Namaste.
1: teru ya karu manane
0: ai never so never so prabhu daya karo